Takes is a podcast from BCA Research, informing investors with straightforward, actionable analysis of macro and market events. Hi there, and welcome to the Quick Takes podcast. I'm your host, Rakaya Ibrahim, strategist at BCA Research. Treasury yields have been falling for roughly a month now, and in the case of the 10-year note, the yield is at its lowest in about two months. This follows an aggressive sell-off in yields over the prior months as market participants adjusted to the higher for longer narrative. Now that there's evidence that the labor market is cooling and that inflationary pressures are softening, market participants believe that this Fed tightening cycle is over and have brought forward their expectation of the timing of the Fed's pivot to rate cuts. So in this context, have yields peaked? And what is the likelihood that the market's Fed funds rate expectations will play out? To help answer these questions, my colleague Ryan Swift is joining me on the podcast this week. Ryan heads up BCA's U.S. bond strategy service. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me back on. So, Ryan, the last time you were on the podcast, you mentioned that your expectation is that Treasury yields are not likely to experience significant downside until there's a meaningful deterioration in the labor market. Since then, uh, if we take a look at some of the recent labor market data, we see that non-farm payroll employment gains came in slightly below expectations in October and that the employment gains in August and September were revised down quite a bit. Uh, We also saw that the unemployment rate ticked up to 3.9% in October, and that's up from 3.5% just a few months ago in July. And today we saw that initial jobless claims continue to be on this uptrend that they've been on recently. So based on these labor market trends, do you think that the deterioration is significant enough for Treasury yields to continue declining? Yeah, so I think that's completely correct. We have seen, I think it's fair to say now, a very clear slowing in the U.S. labor market data consistent across multiple indicators. Um, Probably my favorite uh, is the aggregate weekly payroll index. So just a broad indicator of labor demand consists of payrolls times hours worked times wages. And that's now back to growing right around where it was prior to the pandemic um, after being having been well above those growth rates for the past couple of years. So we have seen a pretty rapid slowdown in labor demand the past few months. That to me is already in the price in the bond market, or perhaps maybe even a little bit too much in the price, uh, because I think the bigger question now is, as you sort of alluded to, uh, we are seeing a few labor market indicators, notably the unemployment rate and continuing unemployment insurance claims, uh, starting to signal not just a slowdown to sort of pre-pandemic levels um, in the labor market, but sending what might be more of sort of a pre-recession signal. So the unemployment rate, as you mentioned, is up pretty significantly off its lows. Same thing with continuing unemployment insurance claims. If these trends continue the next little while, they start to look very uh, recessionary, meaning we should expect sort of the unemployment rate to rise sort of exponentially, um, even more rapidly. My sense is that it's probably premature to say that that's going to happen soon. I think there are some reasons to doubt the very, very dire signals we're getting from some of those indicators. Uh, So specifically, while continuing claims um, have been rising very quickly, the initial jobless claims are still pretty low, consistent with where they were in 2018 and 2019. Um, The same thing with non-farm payrolls still running above levels that would be 
consistent with a rising unemployment rate. And we also, with the indicators that are looking very negative, um, we do have some concerns about seasonality in both the continuing claims and the uh, unemployment rate. Uh, so the past few years, we have seen a pattern where uh, employment measured in the household survey, which is where the unemployment rate comes from, uh, was very strong the first couple months of the year and then was quite weak later in the year. Um, we seem to be repeating that pattern again this year. And the same thing with continuing claims. We saw them decline very quickly early in the year and then rise in the second half of the year. And so it does seem like we might be repeating a bit of that seasonal pattern this year, in which case I wouldn't be shocked if we see a significant improvement in uh, those indicators um, in sort of January, February, uh, which would you know, make the labor market picture look a little bit more consistent, a little bit less uh, imminently uh, recessionary. Right. And earlier this week, we got the CPI report, which showed softer than expected inflation in October. That caused market participants to revise down their expectations for the future path of the Fed funds rate. The odds of another rate hike have collapsed to zero. And the Fed funds futures are now pricing in that by July next year, there will be two 25 basis point rate cuts. So based on what you just said about the labor market dynamics, as well as the outlook for inflation, how realistic is this expectation? I don't think it's totally unrealistic. Uh, we've been saying for a while that we thought the Fed tightening is over and the inflation data are starting to come in and confirm that fact. And I would say, if I'm betting right now in the near term, I would probably say fewer than 50 bips of cuts by July. Uh, but that's really premised on my expectation that we're going to see um, an improvement in those labor market indicators I mentioned early next year. If that doesn't happen, if we still see these continuing trends, rising continuing claims, the unemployment rate getting up above 4% and still moving higher, then almost certainly we're going to get those cuts starting next year and probably more than that. Uh, so really what I'm looking for here is, you know, one last, I think, bout of optimism about growth in the labor market that probably causes the market to price out a few of those cuts over the next few months. But ultimately, at some point next year, I do think uh, the labor market will deteriorate significantly and we'll see a real Fed pivot towards significant easing. And, and a year from now, bond yields are likely going to be lower than where they are today. Now, some of the market commentary recently has emphasized the importance of treasury auctions as a driver of yields. They've at least partially attributed the increase that we saw in treasury yields until quite recently to rising supply of treasuries. And earlier this month, a smaller than anticipated quarterly debt issuance plan by the U.S. Treasury helped spur a rally in bonds. So what's your take on this? How do you factor in the role of the supply of treasury securities versus the role of macroeconomic conditions that you just discussed as a driver of bond yields? So we published a little while ago, we have a little framework we used for decomposing that sort of bear steepening move we saw in the treasury curve from the summer until a few weeks ago, uh, decomposing that into how much is attributable to a better than expected economic growth, economic data, and how much to treasury supply. And it's probably somewhere like 10 to 20% supply and the rest because the economic data were coming in better than anticipated. As for the general question about how much do we pay attention to treasury auctions, in general, obviously they can move yields a lot from day to day. 
But if you scale out and take sort of a, a multi-month horizon, they're, they're not really a big part of my framework. I think uh, they basically reflect supply and demand in the market on that day. And we already have a way of assessing that on a daily basis, which is just the price of bonds in the market. Uh, so I don't think there's anything particularly special about uh, the treasury auction data. When we're looking out several months, the best framework to make a call on whether yields are going to rise and fall um, the one that is sort of tried and tested and consistently works is the one where you uh, take a look at market expectations for Fed policy moves over, say, the next six, 12 months, and then decide whether that is too high or too low. And, and, and that's the framework we really rely on most. Great. Well, thanks a lot for joining me this week, Ryan, and speak to you soon. Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Quick Takes podcast. We'll be bringing you weekly quick takes with BCA strategists on a range of macro and market topics. Stay tuned for next week's episode.